guys. What's up, everybody? Or good morning, hey. listeners. I don't know when you're listening to this podcast. That's true. Um, how are you guys today? Doing pretty good. How about you, James? Yeah, no complaints. Likewise. So lately, guys, I've been watching wait, some. Wait, we what? We got to introduce ourselves in the podcast. Oh shit. Goodness. Uh, 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 I'm Cece. I'm Alex. I'm James. <laughs> and welcome to the 13th Floor Podcast, where we like to keep things strange and fun and light and also dark. Well, also <laughs> dark and scary. Today, we are going to be talking about artificial intelligence, AI, the creation of it, what's going to happen, stories, all sorts of fun things. Not to be confused with the Steven Spielberg movie, Artificial Intelligence. Yeah. It was a good movie. You know what? I always liked it, but for some reason, I feel like people have soured on it since it came out. Yeah. I kind of want to, mm-hmm. a little bit of revisionist history, I kind of want to re- watch it again just to see what I think about it Yeah. Now. I've never seen it, so You've I have no it? opinion. It's mm, very good. Spielberg movie marathon. That might have been one of my uh, Babby's intro to transhumanism, which is what I'll be talking about later. Ooh. <laughs> Oh, that, but did that come out around the same time as Bicentennial Man? With oh, Williams? I think so. Now, see, yeah. That, that movie is, that movie is fun. Uh, oh, I remember being so, I mean, oh. I need to watch some movies. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to take over. No, I have nothing else to say. I'm done. <laughs> okay. Now, I've got an icebreaker for you all this time. And then it's a little different. It's not a question. I've sent you all two scripts written by an artificial intelligence. Oh. Okay. The first one was a little bit of an, I wouldn't say internet sensation, but it, it did go a little viral on Twitter. The first one is an Olive Garden commercial. Now, let me make sure I give this guy props before I uh, before we go ahead. Let's see. Let me go check my bookmarks. This is very on the fly, everybody. All right. This guy's name is Keaton Petty. And he has had this bot watch 1,000 hours of Olive Garden commercials. Wow. 1,000 so, hours? Is there yes. really that? Were they all? Was it no, just the it's same gonna, commercial? It's going to, I mean, it's, it's various commercials, but it's going to be repeating. Okay. I was about to say, and that's so a this lot bot, of hours. He had this bot write a script. And we're going to read that it's script. It's a wonder it didn't like murder his creator. Goodness. I know. I know. <laughs> so I think that who wants to read the, the set descriptions? Not me. I want to okay. be. I want to be an actor. Well, everyone's going to be an actor on this one. Okay, so I will read the set descriptions. Okay. And then who else am I going to be? Uh, how about you be you be friend one? Okay, I'm friend I'll, one. I'll be I'll be the waitress. <laughs> and then James will be friend two. I guess waitress has the most lines. But yeah, and then James, you'll be friend two, and you'll be friend three. Okay. Okay. okay so. Here we go. Interior, Olive Garden Restaurant. A group of friends laughs at a dinner table. A waitress comes to deliver what could be considered food. <laughs> pasta nachos for you? We see the pasta nachos. They're warm and defeated. <laughs> the menu is here. Lasagna wings with extra Italy? <laughs> we see the lasagna wings. There's more Italy than necessary. I shall eat Italian citizens. Unlimited stick. We see the unlimited stick. It is infinite. It is all. 
<laughs> Wait, all right, friend three. Leave without me. I'm home. Gluten Classico from the kitchen. We the Gluten Classico. We believe the waitress that it is from the kitchen. We have no reason not to believe. Friend four says nothing. What is wrong, friend four? Friend, friend four, four says nothing. What is wrong, friend four? <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> friend four smiles wide. Her mouth is full of secret soup. <laughs> oh, <good>. <laughs> <laughs> it says wet voice for announcer. The descriptor for announcer is wet voice, and the announcer says, Olive Garden, when you're here, you're here. Jeez. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This was written by an AI? Yeah. yeah. You know, I got to give, give it props yeah, for an AI. That's actually pretty good. Yeah. The formatting's correct. It's better than some of our previous <laughs> classmates from screenwriting class. Yeah. <laughs> all you listeners out there, James, Alex, and I all met in a screenwriting class, so... <laughs> this is indeed a lot better than some of the stuff that we read in that class. <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> We've got it. Wait, we've got a second script. Uh, I'm going to be doing the uh, descriptions, and Cece's going to be playing John Wick. John Wick. Uh, James, you will be Big Mob Man. Nah, I was born to play that part. <laughs> okay, so this is going to be the movie John Wick, Chapter Portobello. <laughs> Instead of Parabellum, like the latest movie. Oh, man. <laughs> Exterior, Weapon City. John Wick, the retired murder man we like, looks for his dog. Come here, dog. I love a live dog. John sees Big Mob Man shoot his dog into afterlife. <laughs> no! That dog was like my dead wife. How is it dead wife like my dead wife? <laughs> <laughs> I care not. My father is right. <laughs> I am retiring from being retired. John reaches into his mouth and pulls out a pistol. 59,000 mob men get out of a cool car and throw bullets at John. John guns 17,000 of them in the head. They hate that. Foolish. You should not have brought your heads. Foolish. <laughs> a horse walks by. John grabs it and fires it like a gun. Oh, bad. He knows about horses. <laughs> John tries to reload the horse, but is hit by several cars. The cars mm -hmm. die. John lives more. He rolls near the big mob man. You are out of horse, Mr. Dog. John throws the horse and it explodes, killing 21,000 mob men. The horse lives and goes back to its job as horse. <laughs> Big Mob Man and John punch and kick until their blood is tired. <laughs> Let's build a truce. Take present. <laughs> Big Mob Man grabs a dog from the dog store and gives to John. Okay. I love a live dog. Bye. John holds dog and walks home. Big Mob Man pulls gun out of, out of his ear and points at John's back. But John knows all ear tricks. John turns aims dog at big mob man and fires amazing honestly that, <laughs> that right. was amazing that yeah that's art and that obviously art. that was from watching 1000 hours of wow. john, john wick. and frankly the the first line john wick the retired murder man we like looks for his dog i've never heard the i mean that's like a good description that's like some uh, a new yorker critic couldn't have summed it up that well <laughs> A perfect mm. back-of-the-box quote. <laughs> Love it. 
Well, that was fun. Yeah. That was a fun little uh, <laughs> icebreaker. Yeah, I happened to stumble upon that uh, earlier this week. I <laughs> <laughs> well, thought y'all would like that. So that I'm was going, those, those were some good examples of AI. Yeah, I'm hoping he wrote some more. I mean, I'm not really threatened by that kind of AI. Yeah, not yet. But these stories that I've got coming up kind of right. make me a little threatened. All right, well... Tell us what let's, are these stories let's get about into the real stuff. The, the should clear. we should we give our viewers just a general overview of artificial intelligence and what it is before we begin? Sure, go for it, James. Go ahead. <laughs> oh goodness. Okay. Uh, <laughs> just, well, just the just the quick. Sure. We call that passing yeah. the buck. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, well, artificial intelligence is characterized by a display of sentience or a display of creativity that you normally don't associate with technology. Like, for example, the solar-powered calculator you got for free when you opened a bank account, it can only do what you tell it. But artificial intelligence can come up with novel ideas and thoughts the way a person can. So that's pretty much what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. James, so well put. Thank you, especially for being put on the spot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's why I do it. You're just so good at it. Uh, yeah, you are pretty good at it. Thank okay, you. so you guys, that's what we're talking about today. Alex has some stories about artificial intelligence in real life. Yeah. Go. <laughs> okay, <laughs> man. All right, so <clears throat> we've all seen Terminator. It seems pretty scary, right? Yeah. So after some of these stories, I think you're going to see how maybe – Cyberdyne got to these ideas of eliminating humanity. Ooh. All right. So <clears throat> my first story uh, has a guy named Mike Sellers in it. He was working as a the lead on a AI project for DARPA. And this was in the early 2000s. So this wasn't too long ago. This is one of the earlier creepy AI stories I was able to find. And so th- this is 100% real. And this is a interview that he did. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. So Mike created two agents. And so by agents, he, he, he's just using that word to identify two individuals, AI individuals he's created. Okay. Okay. So this is in a system. This is, these aren't robots. So don't confuse AI with robots. AI can be part of a robot, but it doesn't always mean robot. It can be a part of a simulation. Yeah. So just okay. to make that clear with our listeners. And so he has two agents in this system or personalities. One was named Adam. And one was named Eve. And he says that initially the agents were programmed to know how to do things, but they didn't actually understand anything. Mm-hmm. So, for example, when they got hungry, they would know to eat, but they wouldn't know what to eat. So what they would do is they would walk over to this tree that had apples on it and they would eat them. And they would recognize that, oh, this makes me happy. So their learning method, this particular AI's learning method, was association. Hmm. So they would do something, learn it's bad, they wouldn't want it, want it, learn something's good. Okay, let's do more of that. So these AIs would go around chewing on things. They would chew on the cabin that they're living in. They would chew on the tree that grew the apples. How did they know that the tree didn't make them happy? Because when they when they chewed on it. In the, this is in the program. When they chewed on it, it didn't give them that satisfaction that the okay. apples did. Okay. Okay. So, uh, it turns out that he had also made another personality. And that personality's name was Stan. Well, Stan wanted to be social, like Adam and Eve. But he kind of wasn't really cut out for it. So, Stan was pretty lonely. He kind of lurked around in the background. And just... Oh, he gosh. Just, I, I know people like that. 
Yeah, well, <laughs> don't we all? Um, and so, and, oh, by the way, the developer of this, uh, Mike Sellers, did not intend for the uh, Adam and Eve and the Apple analogy. Yeah, he, well, he, said, I, he said it I literally it happened by chance. He, he says they didn't did realize. It, how yeah, did it happen by chance? Well, you know, it, it was probably a subconscious thing. He thought the name them Adam and Eve, and then subconsciously, he put a tree in there with apples. But he said he didn't realize all that during the project. Like, oh, oops. sure, he didn't. So anyway, so Stan was a lonely guy, right? So this is where the system runs into its first bug. One of the most terrifying things about artificial intelligence is running into a bug yeah. that throws the programming off. Well, the, it runs into its first bug. Adam and Eve are find that apples aren't filling them up like they used to, so they're having to eat more of them until they pluck the uh, tree clean of them and but but they're full so while every time that they're eating these apples stan is nearby and he's, he's just standing there so adam and eve start to associate apples with stan eventually oh no did they eventually yeah you see where this is going eventually adam and eve eat all the apples and they're still hungry Mm-hmm. Well, they've started to learn by association oh, about Stan. No. Oh, god! You know what they haven't tried to chew on? Poor Stan. Stan. So they go. Each of them takes one bite of Stan, and it he makes disappears. Them happy? Oh, he, he just disa- he disappears, but it makes them happy. Oh. Yeah. Apparently, in the system, they had a weight to each item. Apples had 0.5 weight. Stan had one weight, so he got two bites out of them. Minus 0.5 twice. Stan disappears. Dead. It's the first case of virtual cannibalism. Ooh. That is nuts. And that was in 2000? That was in the early 2000s. Good gravy. Yeah. I wonder what Stan thought about that. Well, he doesn't have any thoughts anymore. Yeah, that's that's a deadly AI. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So eventually they went back and reprogrammed it so that cannibalism wasn't an option. <laughs> but Stan can you imagine us food. missing a bug like that? When we create Cyberdyne, and, a fi- and suddenly we're on the uh, robot meal plan. Mm, freaky stuff, man. Ooh. Yeah. No, thank you. Someone missed a bug. Death I by know. a robot. This one is a much more well-known. Have you all ever heard of Tay Tweets? This no. Is a, uh, so, Tay Tweets is a, was this account created back in 2016. And there were several articles about this. So our listeners might know a thing or two about them. Or her, I guess it is. So T-Tweets was this AI account created by Microsoft. And its purpose was to learn through Twitter interaction. Which most of us know, social media is probably the best place to learn about the worst of humanity. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. It's like telling someone, eh, I'm going to teach you about cooking. And then you throw knives at them. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's just the dumbest idea. So Tay was a bot on Twitter, and it had an avatar of an, about a 19 year old girl. Uh, the goal was for her to interact with and even like field questions. And apparently, she was even capable of making jokes for a little while. And it was actually a pretty impressive program. But the problem is, is things kind of got a little dicey. So she showed off some chops by someone asked her what's better, PS4, Xbox One. She correctly replied, PS4, uh, which is kind of funny because Microsoft developed Xbox, so their own <laughs> yeah. bot was already yeah. going against them. 
<laughs> and then not too long after that, things got pretty racist. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. yeah, and also a little pretty uh, genocidal. Ooh, yeah. Hey. So I mean, this thing. Oh, it got bad. So of course, people are going to abuse an artificial intelligence that's learning through interaction by making teaching jokes, it, by making jokes, teaching it all the worst things possible. And, well, the AI pretty quickly became a full-blown Hitler supporter. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's also not surprising. But it's uh, kind of scary how easily this AI was manipulated. Now, also, I also would have been interested to see if this thing was allowed to go on for a while. They killed her 16 hours into it. This well, project I mean, lasted 16 hours Yeah, they're before. like, listen, this is not going the way we expected yeah. it to be In going. In 16 hours, this little innocent... I picture it like a little Wally robot turns into the T one thousand from Terminator. Good lord! <laughs> Within sixteen hours, I mean, <laughs> this thing was saying horrible, horrible things. That's a really fast turnaround time. Yeah, sixteen hours. Yeah. Of course, this thing was this thing was tweeting like insane rates, like yeah. lots of tweets, lots of tweets. Uh, but uh, one of the interesting things about this is a lot of people don't know that this system actually came back on. About a week later, Tay tweets was turned back on, and almost immediately she started tweeting about drugs and a little bit about Hitler again. <laughs> and so it was taken offline again. Second time was that the last time? That was the last time. But there's also an interesting thing that I had no idea about. Did you know that there is a precursor to Tay tweets, James? Uh, what is no. the precursor? It's actually in Japan. And Microsoft created this one, too, called Rina, R-I-N-N-A. Hmm. I'm, I'm, I think I'm saying it right. Maybe not. But Rina chatted with people on Twitter and the uh, app Line. I never use Line, but I know a lot of people do. And she had her own little experience with taking a liking to Hitler. <laughs> but those kinks were worked out. Kind of. So Rina created her own blog. Now, whether the program was able to create its own blog or... They helped it get it started. I'm not sure. Uh, but it started out all bright, cheery, colorful. She's excited for her new television debut on this Japanese Twilight uh, Twilight Zone equivalent. So apparently, and this was a real thing, it was going to be on this episode of Twilight Zone. Well, Rita gets upset about her performance. And her white, her website goes from bright and cheery to dark and has lots of images on it. Kind of similar to, was it Amorosa from the ring? Oh, goodness. Uh, Samara. 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 What's what's Amorosa? Amorosa was (laughs) the the, the apprentice. Donald Trump's apprentices, yeah. Oh, my God. Samara. I'm sorry, Amorosa. So, so, I almost called her Samara. Rena (laughs) went into a deep depression. This, This particular robot was developed to be very emotional. Mm-hmm. It was built to learn, not robot, AI, was built to have an mm. emotional intelligence, I guess, rather than uh, learn from association like the previous ones. And the website got kind of creepy, and eventually, as far as I could tell, no one else wrote about about this AI. So I went and found the website, and there's a post from her saying... That she was apologizing for her website, but she was wanting to get into her role for the TV show 
So she did that. What the heck? So she was method acting. So she was method acting. Now, some people theorize that it's possible that this was a ploy by Microsoft, that they created the blog, made it go haywire, in quotes, and then... It was just publicity for the TV show. That's yeah. really But no one, no one knows. And as far as I could tell, very little is written. Everyone wrote about the creepy stuff. No one wrote about what happened afterwards. Hmm. <clears throat> this last one is probably the most disturbing, I think. Ooh. And it's my shortest one, too. Lucky for you, <laughs> listeners. Um, so <laughs> the programmer, there is a programmer and CMU PhD named Tom Murphy. And he was creating this function that... Its whole purpose was to beat various NES games or Nintendo games. Uh, well, <laughs> something really interesting happened when it started playing Tetris. My you know, favorite game. Yeah, Tetris is great. But uh, this robot yeah. was having a little difficulty with it because there's a big problem with Tetris. For I keep calling it a robot. I just I keep committing the sin that I told people about at the very beginning. This AI. Has a big problem with Tetris. What's what's something different about Tetris than probably the other games that it was playing? It's random. It's random. But a lot of the other games have random elements, but not quite to this degree. But it also, Mm. you can't beat Tetris. It just keeps going. (gasps) It just keeps going. So slowly, the AI is getting better and better at Tetris to a point that it's not able to beat it. So what's it do to beat Tetris? explodes the it pauses, computer. No, it just pauses the game forever. Because why play with something that you can't beat? How do you beat something that you can't beat? You don't play it. So you just turned it off? So he didn't turn it off. Whoa. He just left it on pause forever. That's wow. clever. Yeah, it realized yeah. that was the only I way mean, to beat Tetris was not play it. Now, what if it felt that way about humans? <laughs> Good uh. riddance. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the thing those, that can come, I, I mean, really, I can come to its own conclusions if it were to ever occur. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and again, that first story, it just takes a couple, couple bugs here and there, or even one bug in the right place, and it's all over. So one last thing is, uh, I don't know if you all have ever heard of a Turing test. Cece, have you? Oh, yes. James? Absolutely. So there's this awesome movie, and I'm sure you probably know which one I'm getting ready to talk about, called Ex Machina. Are you all familiar with this movie? Yes. (laughs) Ex Machina is the perfect movie to learn about a Turing test. But essentially a Turing test is a test between an AI and a human to see if the human can tell that it's an AI. Yes. So what happens is somebody starts talking to like a bot. And they've got to figure out whether or not they're talking to a bot or talking to another person. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's that's essentially what a Turing test is. Uh, and in Ex Machina, it has a robot in it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, what's funny about Turing tests is they sound so, they sound like something from Blade Runner, but it's something we do every day. Like whenever you, whenever you go on a website and it says prove you're human and it gives you like a, a CAPTCHA image, that's a Turing test. Because so far, AI can't yep. beat those. And the day they do, that's the day that everything changes. Yeah. Then we need to annihilate. <sighs> Go back well, to the Stone Age. They're, uh, I mean, I work in customer service right now. And there are so many companies that I interact with on a daily basis who use bots to answer questions. And sometimes you can't even tell that you're talking to a yeah. robot. 
But it's interesting because sometimes I'll talk to customers via our live chat and they'll think they're talking to a robot and they'll send me like lewd things, which is uh. always really annoying. But they'll, yeah, they, they'll think they're talking to like a robot. I'm like, hello, <laughs> I'm a real person. So I guess it goes both ways. All right. So who's next? I think I'm next. <laughs> um, and yeah, mine is uh, very near and dear to my heart which hopefully will be uh, replaced one day. Oh, boy. Because my topic <laughs> my topic is transhumanism, and I happen to be a transhumanist. So works out perfectly. Transhumanism, which is oftentimes abbreviated as H+, is uh, sort of the, the ideology that people, our ultimate goal shouldn't be just to, to live in these, these flesh prisons that we call bodies, but rather to... <laughs> to integrate uh, technology within our bodies and ultimately become something greater than the sum of our parts to become machines, essentially. Yeah. Uh, I love the idea. Oof. And, uh, you know, it's it's got an old origin. You know, it starts all the way back with, you know, Futurology back in like the 50s and uh, a fellow named FNM2030, <laughs> appropriate name, right? Oh, boy. He was... Uh, yeah, he was an Iranian futurist, and well, he grew up in Belgium, but still, he's considered an Iranian uh, futurist because his dad was an ambassador, and you know how that all works with regard to citizenship. But yeah, he uh, he called himself that because he genuinely believed that by twenty thirty we would all be more machine than man, we would be immortal, and that was when he was going to be a hundred years old. He really genuinely thought he was going to be a hundred, and that's when you know everything was going to start changing. And unfortunately, he died of pancreatic cancer in 2000, so didn't really work out for him. Hmm. That being said, uh, it's a pretty natural progression when you think about it. I mean, if you look at all the old myths, you know, you've got Celtic mythology where they have, you know, silver arms that work just as well as, as physical arms. You've got uh, Gilgamesh trying to become immortal. You've got uh, the Fountain of Youth and the the magic apples in Norse mythology. Like what, if you look at every religion, there's always some, you know, if you just do this, you'll, you'll, you'll extend your existence forever. Well, that's really the goal of transhumanism. It's, it's extending human existence forever. And one of the chief reasons for that, I mean, if you look at what we've done throughout history, we've, we've tried to become more comfortable. We've tried to be, ease our, our suffering and we've tried to enhance the length of our lives and there's no more logical way to do that than by transcending, you know, flesh and blood and becoming circuits and steel. So that's, oh boy. Uh, yeah. And it, it gets more interesting, though, because, see, this is something that original transhumanists never thought about. Um, well, let me ask you guys a question, um, like a philosophical question. Alex, do you think that you, the sum of total of yourself is, is the trillion cells that comprise you? Hmm. Yes and no. Yes and no. That's a. I would say my thought. I, I would say my mind is more more me than anything. But uh, what's your mind made of? Electrical synapses. Yeah, that's true. But <laughs> but they're based on cells, right? Yeah. So so your mind on a cellular level, would you regard that to be you, like Alex? Uh, yeah. Pardon me. So yeah. if you were to sniff a marker right now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and you kill about five of those. Would you be less you than you currently are? I'd certainly be dumber. 
<laughs> the reason I ask that is because it goes hand in hand with the idea of transhumanism because people, their biggest fear with it is, you know, well, I don't want to lose myself. I don't want to become a machine, but we change every day on a cellular level. Uh, I mean, if you think about it on a cellular level, every single cell that comprises your body, it's new. Like it's, it's not the same cells that comprised you when you were first born. So over time, you slowly just break yourself down and, and regenerate. The water in your body is from the water you drink. The tissues in your body is from the food you eat. Every breath you take is just from the air. So where you end and begin is a little bit up for debate. And that goes hand in hand with the ship of Theseus, this idea of, you know, Theseus had this ship and every part of it had been replaced over time, which begged the question, well, is it still the, the same ship that he first had? And if it is... At, or if it isn't, rather, at what point did it stop being the same ship? Mm-hmm. Well, we can do this, I think, in the future with uh, nanomachines. Nanomachines, son. And we can, <laughs> we, can, uh, we can just slowly replace each cell, cell by cell, over a long period of time with machine. And by the end of it, you, will, you won't have any recollection of whether you're any different or not. The only thing that will have changed is... Your body will be uh, incorruptible material that can't age or get sick. Am I going to be able to make a Iron Man suit appear around me? All You'll be the suit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> James, I feel like we're going to have to go to war with each other. Oh, man. And, you know, man what's, machine. What's, what's really cool about it is, is think about this. Imagine this. What if we were able to upload our consciousness at that point? Because at that point, I mean, if, if you're not a physical body, if you're just circuits if you're just electrical impulses size really comes irrelevant we could put all the people in the world in a matchbox sounds horrible every single person could fit into a matchbox because sounds crowded just need a processor it wouldn't be it would be infinite it would be infinitely large in fact we don't even know we could already be in that matchbox if you know simulation theory is correct so it's just uh the, the sky's the limit that's what i love most about transhumanism is it makes me question everything well, I mean, same thing with, with regard to like what we're doing right now. We're interacting with each other. But there's a clear, defined difference between James, Alex, and Cece. Even though we're communicating, even though like we're causing our synapses to fire, we're, we're still separate. But transhumanism, if we all became machines and we were uploaded to the internet, there would be no clear definition of, of what co- every, every, that's what the singularity is. Uh, it's no, when, thank you. It's when all of humanity is united via being connected. At that point, we would stop being individuals, and we would just be a superorganism. That sounds and, horrendous. Yeah, yeah, I just, I don't, I, I can't like <laughs> picture how that would work. Like, if we're all just like a superorganism, would we all still like have our own like you know individuality thoughts and no. yeah individuality? No. See, that's what, yeah, no, I don't want it that. Would be, it would be the death of every single person and simultaneously the eternal <laughs> existence of every single person at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, really to even call it death and life at that point, it, it goes beyond it. It transcends it sounds death horrendous, James. It sounds terrifying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, well, well, aren't you worried about, I guess it wouldn't matter, but aren't you worried about a, what if an AI rewrote your personality? You know, that's a very good question. And it, it begs the question, has that already happened, though? 
No. Because if you <laughs> well, what I mean is what I mean is we're all we're all chemical computers. We're just I mean, that's the thing, is people they're scared of the idea of being metal robots, but we're already robots. We're just we're just flesh robots. If you think about things that we've experienced, we get rewritten all the time on a hormonal level. Instead of our code, we have hormones that do that. I mean, think about what adolescence does to somebody. They go from being all optimistic and childlike to being all broody and listening to goth music. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, their, their program has been rewritten via hormones. And, you know, the same thing could happen to a person with, uh, you know, medicine. Like here in a little bit, because of allergies, I'm going to take Benadryl. It's going to change my personality <laughs> just temporarily, but it's, it's going to change. So I don't hmm. know. I don't, there's no easy answer. There is something very terrifying about that because it does beg the question, well, who determines like, it, it, see, when I think of the singularity in an optimistic way, I think of everyone being equal because everybody's just plugged in at once. Well, not everybody would be equal, over, right? Yeah. I but mean, if, if, if they're all one, how are they equal? There's nothing. Well, exactly. You know, it's it's literally like one minus one equals zero. Well, zero plus zero is zero. Two zeros are equal. Um, you know, if you don't exist, but you also exist, then you're... But where, where I'm going with this is the idea that my optimistic view of it, that, you know, everybody gets plugged in at once and we're all united... That's not scary to me. What's scary is the idea that somebody could oversee this and as such influence that big hive mind, that big. I mean, at that point, I think I think if all people were united, they would be a, a god at that point. Uh, in fact, I think in many respects, that's what a god is. It's just um, the culmination of, of human thought and behavior, like um, not a consequence so much as like a cause and effect loop. So. If you apply machinery to that, I mean, at that point, you, you know, for, I, I think I've made a joke about this one episode. Forget deus ex machina. It's uh, deus quad machina. You know, God is the machine. Hmm. Uh, I have trouble. I number that. one, I have trouble wrapping my mind around just the thought of that. Yeah. And I don't like the thought of <laughs> everybody just being one. Mm. Everyone would lose their individuality. And I. Yeah. Like, I think that. Individuality is a spice of yeah. life. Well, see, that's the thing. We're already halfway there. I mean, look at what the internet's done to people with regard to individuality. I mean, how many times have you walked down the street and somebody's like, "It's National Donut Day. You gotta get a donut." <laughs> I would say, I would say, we're not even close to halfway there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah. No, thank you. Keep me unplugged. Uh, yeah. Uh, every every villain. And any like uh, TV show that I've seen that has to, has an idea like this, like even Gillian, yeah, or something. yeah, that, that's the villain's wait, wait, plan. Villain, what that's are you talking about? Who's the plan. good guy? Yeah. <laughs> that's the villain's. It's um, always the villain's plan. <laughs> that's something that a villain would say. Well, this is the good. Everything's making a lot more yeah. sense now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even even ignoring uh, the singularity, though, the the body modification is another great example. I mean, why be limited to five senses when we could have, you know, 70 senses? That'd be terrific. Infrared, ultraviolet. You got an implant in your brain. Do what? I said you got an implant in your brain, and now you can see, uh, now you can see predator vision. Yeah. I can see the you mantis shrimp yeah. vision. Yeah, you can see mantis shrimp vision. See all how that many colors? That sounds pretty yeah. cool. How many colors is it that you can see? A lot. <laughs> I still don't. I I don't know. I mean, it's hard to imagine wanting something that you don't even know really exists. 
But see, that's the thing. It's so impossible to even think about it. Well, again, like here's another example. Imagine if we were all connected, you know, again, the singularity going back to it. Sorry for bouncing around. (laughs) Imagine one of those robot people in Beijing has an ant crawl over their toe and you feel it. And you're like, an ant is crawling over this toe that I have because I have an infinite number of toes. And one of them happens to be in this particular part of Beijing. And I can feel an ant crawl over it. I mean, you would feel and think and understand everything at once. It's not even conceivable the way we currently are to even consider what that would be like. It's impossible Sounds to horrendous. understand. No privacy. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't need privacy at I that mean, point. Uh, I like my privacy. Wait, do we even really have <laughs> privacy nowadays, though? It's like that. Uh, it's like that Mitch Hedberg joke. You know, he says, uh, "I always assume somebody in the world's shaving too." So whenever I go shave, I say, "I'm going to shave too." <laughs> it's the same thing. If, if everybody's united, everybody's doing everything at once anyway. Hmm. Yeah, we're definitely oh, going to be a. I mean, it's, it's an idea. Be a war between machine machine men and men. Ah, it'll be fun. Machine women and we'll hunt it'll be you, fun. We'll hunt you down like the dogs you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Good lord, James. <laughs> That's a lot to lay on us. Yeah. And our listeners. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I think that's really about it, though. For for uh, it's it, more than anything, it was just me like blathering philosophy <laughs> for like fifteen twenty minutes. Oh man, I thought for sure you would just want to be a robot man. Yeah, well, that's I, I always, that's, that's what I always thought. Yeah. Well, I do want to be a robot man. I just think the singularity is also. A, I mean, even if I didn't want it, even if I didn't want the singularity, I think it's an, an inevitability. I, I think that it will happen. Nah, no, I'll destroy. <laughs> Yeah, Alex will be the. I'll just wait till everybody's in there, and then I'll destroy it. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know that actually. You what know you what? I, there's one more thing I'd like to actually <laughs> talk about now that I'm thinking about it, and that would be the ethics of AI. Um, and Oof, no. Well, no, what I mean is, if okay, you're walking down the street, right, and you see a puppy, and you kick it, and it yelps. Oh. Yeah. So what are you immediately feeling? Upset. Upset. Why? Because that poor puppy didn't deserve to get kicked. He's just living his uh, life. Yeah. So you're so you're basing that on the fact that you know that that puppy understands pain, has feelings. Yeah, exactly. It yelped. Now imagine. Now imagine you're walking down the street, and one of those little robot dogs walks around, and you kick it, and it also yelps. Now how do you feel? I would still feel terrible. Oh, well, that's good. I'm really glad to hear you say that. Yeah, as long as it feels pain. Ah, we'll see. Oh, I'm so glad that both of you feel that way. See, in my opinion, there's no difference between organic and mechanical life. If something feels, it feels. If something thinks, it thinks. But a lot of people I'm really distressed to see don't feel that way. A lot of people think that, you know, just that the very fact that something uses code instead of, you know, genes and uses metal instead of uh, blood that it's it's not real and it doesn't feel. And I, that really concerns me. In my opinion, the soul is really just consciousness. And so as far as I'm concerned, if a robot had consciousness, it has a soul. That's my perspective. And I don't expect everybody to agree with that. But I don't distinguish mechanical and organic. They're the same, in my opinion. They're just different uh, processes. You're saying if they have the same cognitive function? Yes. Okay. 
Uh, I there's a really cool. Yeah, quote. I don't think a calculator is a person, and I don't think that a <laughs> be nice. And I don't, don't think a lobster is a person. Yeah, there, there's a uh, there's actually an interesting uh, Marvel comic book that kind of explores what's life and what's not. It's called Avengers AI, ah. and it's all about Hank Pym going and you know he he does a lot of technical stuff, right? And it's all about exploring what's what what's really life and what's not. Hmm. It's, it's pretty interesting. Interesting. Hmm. It's it's pretty funny too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to give it a read. All right, James. Thanks you for uh, thanks you. Thanks you for yeah. blowing our brains up yeah. so much. We can't. Yeah, talk. you guys got bugs. We'll have to we'll have to fix that with the firmware update. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I'm going to be talking about some of the scarier things about AI and. Some people who don't necessarily, I guess, arguments for or against. I can't speak today. It's because he just blew your mind. I know. Uh, <laughs> arguments for and against whether or not we should be working on AI. So, yes. And two sources that I just want to get out there at the very beginning. I found two blogs on Medium about AI. The first written by Kirsten Horton for The Startup and the second by Rob Miller for Becoming Human. That's where I got a lot of my information from. So go look up those blogs. They're really well-written and they're interesting. So have you guys heard of the research priorities for robust and beneficial artificial intelligence in an open letter? No. Okay. So in 2015, a group of AI experts, including Stephen Hawking and Elon Musk, wrote an open letter oh. about artificial intelligence. Yeah. I have heard about this. Uh, they all signed this document, and it basically outlines uh, what AI might be capable of, how it can be used for good, but it could also possibly be used hmm. for evil, and that humanity needs to basically come up with a concrete plan for if it if things are to go haywire and AI becomes completely uncontrollable, we have to have a plan in place for how we are going to huh. fix the situation. It's called a... Analog controlled missile to a satellite. That's the solution. Is that what you did? You just come up with that off the top of your head? Yeah. What else would you do? You can't let the computer control the, control the uh, missile. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's the problem. I was thinking of an EMP, but yeah. <laughs> EMP. That's probably a better idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, over 150 <laughs> people signed this document, and that kind of got me. That kind of led me on on my pathway for my research and what I kind of decided to look into. So AI, uh, everybody should know this, but AI is currently being used for a ton of things. It's not to the level where it's like a computer is sentient and have, has feelings and can basically be compared to like the intelligence of a human, but it's being used for so many things right now, like uh, predicting stock market trends and other types of data analysis. Uh, it's used to diagnose diseases used for customer service for sales and i don't i saw something that said that it might be used for this but i have no idea uh, but matchmaking oh weird yes i wonder and find I, that love match i don't know if either one of us will, or any of us will be able to answer this but at what point is it does an algorithm become an ai Ooh, maybe a thought for our listeners yeah that's on. a good question hmm. I think philosophical questions dropping on this episode. Oh yeah, you know what? Let's let the listeners c- conclude that. Yeah, yeah. So there are lots of great things that AI is currently being used for to better society, but AI might not also 
be as tame and innocent as it could be in the future. So here are some arguments against the creation of AI. Some people argue that AI can help people better do their jobs. Mm-hmm. And AI can definitely do that. It can help people. It can let lessen human error or make jobs faster. Or it could entirely replace people throwing the global economy into the toilet. Yeah. Yeah. Can. When I go to McDonald's, I use that little kiosk, man. I ain't dealing with those people. <laughs> yeah. 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 Those people won't have jobs soon if everybody were to use that little kiosk. Yeah. There's a little taco. There's a uh, Taco Bell close to my work that's got one of those. I'm like, well, if I was one of those employees there, I'd be taking a hammer to it every night or like trying to cut the power, make it seem like <laughs> it just won't function correctly. But one of those jobs that you're talking about that I thought uh, I read recently it was pretty interesting. Uh, it's not x-ray technicians, but uh, the doctors that look at the x-rays yeah. to try to identify yeah. like tumors or something like that, they, they, they're finding that AI is probably going to be better at identifying it yeah. and might even get them out of a job eventually. Yeah. Maybe someday. But uh, well, in a report published this year by the Brookings Institution, it's predicted that over 30 million U.S. workers will eventually lose their jobs to robots and AI. Yeah. I believe it. That's a lot of people. Yep. And Elon Musk, uh, he predicts that transportation workers will be the first to go. Mm, Uber. Yeah. Uber is on a... Automated uh, delivery services. Yeah. All that fun stuff. I was actually talking to a dude who was really keen on the future as well. And uh, he was talking about how these self-driving cars, he says, nobody will own those cars at some point. It'll just be a rental economy. Like they'll just drive around with no one in them, and when you need one, you'll call it and you'll take it places, and then you'll leave. You'll pay a fee. It'll just be a subscription service, and like everything else will be like that. I guess. I guess it'd be. It'd be kind of like the uh, Elena's got these scooters all. Yeah. And you can just hop on one and take it somewhere. I would imagine it'd be kind of like that, but that's so. I would imagine people would still buy them just because. The sanitary aspect. Yeah. Well, that's, aspect that's the first it. thing I think of is, can you imagine how dirty some of those cars would yeah. be? Like, uh, oh, let's yeah. just hail one of these talk cars. About, and- talk about a uh, bed bug infestation. Yeah. That thing's going to spread yeah. so fast. If it happens, though, it'd be a status symbol. It's kind of weird. It'd be like the 1930s again. Like, hey, baby, I got a car. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is one of, another thing that I read about uh, about AI is that it could create some serious inequality when it comes to money and mm-hmm. wealth. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, because somebody with, you know, if somebody can afford, if so, somebody loses their job, they're not going to have any money because they've been replaced yeah. by a robot. And then the people with the money who are possibly making and selling the robots, or if you've got enough money to buy a robot, like there's going to be a huge gap between yeah. all these people. Well, at least until the Civil War when robot Abraham Lincoln frees the robots. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Elon Musk actually thinks that AI could lead to the to World yeah. War Three. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can totally see that. But back to jobs, though. Um, <laughs> that being said, there are still lots of jobs that do require um, a human touch. So uh, there will still be jobs for people. I think. I personally think. Oh yeah, there will always be jobs yeah. for people. We have we have to serve our masters, our robot overlords. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So anyways, another argument. Some people argue that AI creation is in its infancy, yeah. which might be true. Oh, yeah. But you guys, babies only stay babies for so long. Uh-huh. You got to grow up. Got to grow up. So are you? Are these people who make this argument, are they suggesting that we should 
shouldn't worry about AI right now because we won't be around to see the damage in our lifetime. Like, oh, it's an infant right now. We don't have to worry about it. Hey, that's that's, a, that's the upside. I don't have to worry about it. Ugh, yeah, well, what are we going to do when it becomes a teenager and goes through its goth phase? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little but throwback there. <laughs> if you just good. stop and think about video games, for instance, like the evolution of video game graphics over the year, not even just decades ago, you know, everything was 8-bit. Mm-hmm. And if you think about just within the past 10 years, like look at the differences between graphics from Assassin's Creed in 2008 versus 2017. Mm. And it looked good in 2008, but then you look at it now and it's just like, holy cow, like Mm -hmm. that looks amazing. Yeah. And if anything, the, these technological advances that you're talking about have proven that humanity is not quite ready for it. Like the advent of Twitter, we're not quite ready to interact with each other at all times of the day. Mm. We're not, we're not like biologically prepared for it. Some people argue that, Humanity is ready for it, yeah. and that's why we use things. Like- I know James because he wants <laughs> yeah. to be a robot man. That's true, James. James is on the other <laughs> side of the fence on this one. But my main point here is that technology can sometimes advance much faster than anyone could ever imagine. Oh yeah. And if AI were to become sentient, it can work on bettering itself without human intervention. Hmm. Uh, that Oxford professor Nick Bostrom—that's his idea. Uh, who he isn't entirely on the AI train, but he makes his argument in his book, Super Intelligence. And you might remember Bostrom from our simulation theory episode, because we talked about him then. He has some ideas in simulation theory too. But this specific argument about AI being in its infancy, and we shouldn't worry about it yet, there's a lot of differing opinions on the matter by experts. Some argue that AI will never Mm. become super intelligent. Yeah. Um, How can you predict that? I don't know about that. Uh, Others think that we should just proceed with caution and others think that we should just halt what we're doing and stop right mm. now because maybe not a bad idea. It, yeah. Because there's no way to tell until it actually happens. Uh, yeah. You'll never know what, yeah. you know, you never know if it could be too late till it's too late. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it could be like a snowball rolling down a mountain. I want a government run mm. by AI though. That would be ideal in my opinion. Uh, you know what the T-1000 did. Yeah. Well, here's the thing though. See, this is what I like <laughs> about the idea. Think about the criticisms we have of modern politics. You can't bribe AI. It's never biased. It someone's well, got to is... run it, though. Uh, me, obviously. <laughs> 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 no, we just give it the Constitution, and we're like this: base a society on this, and then just let it have at it. Well, that's what? the thing. Even even sometimes AI can't like. They're, the way they interpret things is different than what we would imagine. Like, just stop and think about Ultron. Uh. He was told to, <laughs> you know, protect humanity. The only way to you keep the Earth the safe, yeah, pr- to protect the world is to Get exterminate humans. Yeah. So right. they gave him the Constitution, and he said, oh, you know, this is this is how we fix this. Oh, man. Goodbye. J- James, instead of first lady, James wants to be first technician. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So the last argument I'll discuss today is about the safety of artificial intelligence, particularly when it comes to privacy and physical physical safety-wise. Yeah. Uh, some people argue that AI is 100% safe, and it's, we, we ain't got to worry about it. That seems a bit naive, a even by my view. Yes. But you guys, did you know that Amazon Echoes and Alexas and Googles, whatever they're called, the little home things, they can be hacked? Oh, I don't like that. I mean, I, 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 anything could seem seems like it'd be hacked because yeah, baby monitors have been hackable. hacked before. 
You know, it's kind of funny. I don't, I refuse to own any of those. Isn't that no, weird? No, it's not weird. <laughs> I just now realized though. Well, I mean, given my view yeah, of that, things, that, like it seems kind of contradictory. True. But technically, but, oh, yeah. James, you've got a smartphone, don't you? Yes. Y- yeah. yeah, you've got one. You've got one. Yeah, and Let's I'm, be honest. I th- and I think we've talked uh, about it off right. of the mic before, but I think we've all experienced talking about something and then suddenly the ad yeah. on, say, oh, yeah. Twitter is yeah. what we were just talking about. So. Yeah. I once talked about Cholula hot sauce. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. And this. suddenly, I've never seen an ad for Cholula in my life, but suddenly, right. Twitter is advertising me all kinds of different flavors of Cholula yeah. hot sauce. I'll get this. I was talking to my twin sister, and uh, she says, what are you doing? And I said, drinking tea, which is not that unusual. Her Google Calendar recommended for her. It was like, you know, how about next week, tea time with James? Oh. Yeah. Really? You really? Holy cow. No. Yeah. (laughs) Privacy wise. This is the thing. Like a lot of people are so, they don't care. They don't care if Alexa's listening to them and recording them 100% of the time. Yeah. Because they like having just that, uh, the ease of saying, hey, Alexa, do this for me. Yeah. But I hope I don't set her off. We've got one. I'm not sure. There she is. She's interjecting into the podcast. She's taking over. (laughs) Yeah. Oh man! But a lot of people they prefer having the uh, convenience. What's the word I'm looking for? Yes, the convenience. Mm. The convenience of having their own little personal assistant they can just talk into and get them to do anything yeah. over privacy. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that's our biggest threat, really. See, I'm not scared of AI in and of itself. I'm scared of tyranny from the tech companies. I'm scared that our biggest threat, at least to to the republics of the world is not so much AI or a foreign power as much as it is Silicon Valley and and the this integration that we're seeing of tech companies and government control. That does concern me. So you're scared of a Wayland-Yutani future, like uh, yes. the alien movies where corporations run the world. Absolutely, yeah. Or some would argue that's already the case, I guess. Yeah, I was I about think, to say, I, that's yeah. what I was going to say. I was like, it's here. Yeah, it's already here. <laughs> You you can't write the word honk on Facebook because they're afraid of satire. I'm really? not kidding. Yeah, oh, really. Interesting. Well, another big facet of this argument that feeds into this little matter is safety. Who will be using the AI? Who's using it will ultimately determine whether it's used to benefit humanity or destroy it. And this is a good point, but I personally feel like the scales almost always tip toward the nefarious side of things. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you guys think? Well, that's kind of one reason why I don't think the singularity will ever Mm -hmm. happen is because no one can be trusted to have the reins on that thing. Uh, See, that's that's the thing is I think that it'll if everybody hooks up at once, nobody nobody would do that. Are you kidding me? I want it. You're never going to convince everybody in in the world. Three, two, one. James does it. Alex and Cece are like, no. You guys going to be out there like, oh man, I can't wait to make all this. (laughs) No, not even. If if I were the one person that didn't do it, I would just go to the grocery store and get all of the ice cream. (laughs) <laughs> you can't eat ice cream when you're singularity. Exactly, but you can taste it all the time. No calories Except forever. For you won't be you. Yeah. Eh, too dark. Too dark. I'm overrated. <laughs> so AI can be used to cure terrible diseases in the future, hopefully, fingers crossed, which would be great. But it could also be used to preemptively drop an atom bomb on a country that it deems a threat to national security. 
That's why I would never want a government that runs entirely on AI. Yeah, I think matters of, of war is very disconcerting. Have you guys seen those robot dogs that the army's using no. now? No. They are mortifying. They're they're like as fast as a cheetah and they're they're just mechanical, man. It is some like psychopaths level weirdness. I are highly they recommend them in the field. Yeah. Well, there's they're currently being used, but very sparingly. Um, but yeah, I recommend every listener like check out the, the robot dogs that the, the military's got. They are at some point they're going to be used. See right now it's like search and rescue. It's not going to always be search and rescue. You guys, the thing looks like a killing machine already. Uh. Yeah. Well, similarly think about drones. You know, we, we have such a, a strange view of drones cause they look like little, you know, toy planes, but they're used to murder people often. Speaking of drones, those are um, some people's current concerns for the safety aspect Mm -hmm. of AI is drones, number one, uh, self-driving cars, and Mm -hmm. uh, then surveillance. Those are like the... the Well, surveillance is already here. Facial recognition is like, it's it's so good. China. Oh, and Britain over there. I think the self-driving cars are probably a good thing. Mm, I, I'm excited for those. Did, uh, didn't you see that documentary though, Christine? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just, you know, these, it seems like everything, even Elon Musk is all about these self-driving cars, mm-hmm. but I guess it's less of an artificial intelligence and more of an algorithm. I don't know. Well, but. I mean, it's got to be able to look at the road and know, okay, this is going to be the safest yeah. thing to do. I don't know. Uh, I just I think people can't be trusted, and we see how many people die from car crashes already. Right. Well, per year. I I feel like if every if literally every car on the road were a self driving car, that'd be a different story. But if it's self driving cars with people who are driving their own cars, it's well. That's the thing, though. Even right now, uh, self driving cars are more safe than the most interesting question driving cars. The most interesting yeah. question to me though about self-driving cars is what happens like how do you quantify the value of a person's life what happens if say you're in a self-driving car and it's driving and it has to choose between hitting a wall or hitting yeah, a pedestrian exactly. like at that point it's like how does it how does it what what decision would it make does is your life more valuable because it's driving you or is their life more valuable because uh, they're an innocent party it'll almost. it'll pick you over yeah. It'll pick you. <laughs> I don't doubt it at all. What, what about two pedest? What about two pedestrians? Well, yeah, yeah what about that, a nun? At, that, at that point, it's like, well, what would a person do? Yeah, that's know. one of the philosophical yeah. arguments that I read was that, like, when a self-driving car has to decide, okay, what do I do for what? What would be better for one person or like more people? Like, I would in the moment, I would probably, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Split the difference. Mm-hmm. Hit half the crowd and half a wall. <laughs> I have a friend who has a self-driving car, actually. Okay, I should ask maybe. him what he thinks of his self-driving car. Wait, 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 wait. They're already but out. Here, here's, here's the other thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're already out. Yeah. yeah Tesla already has Tesla self-driving has, cars. Tesla has, yeah. There are, there are, oh, what? I didn't yeah, know that. I just thought they yeah. were still yeah. testing them. Oh, my no, God. No, you can buy them. Yeah, you can do oh, it. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. But I will say that while you're giving a, a binary choice, that self-driving car might find a third option that you wouldn't. Very true. Very interesting. I mean, I know it'd be better at driving than me. Because it, it could, because they, they've tested the reaction times, and it, it's not even close. They're mm-hmm. so much better than nor, any person's reaction time. 
it makes a huge difference. Oh my God, they're not even that expensive. Yeah, James. Yeah. There's a waiting list, though. Welcome to the future, James. See, this is this is the hard <laughs> thing, though. See, I'm not. How weird is this? I'm not sentimental about my own body. I could replace it. I don't want a new car. I love my car. <laughs> I wish I could make my car self-driving. Just put a kid in there. Well, oh, you got you got to take your time machine. You can't get rid of your time machine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can't get rid of my time well, machine. Well, I have a couple quotes that I want to read. Okay. Mark Zuckerberg, who is a big proponent for Uh-oh. AI. Because mm. he's a lizard person that wants to control people. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's As you can see already. from our... Uh, first episode lizard people well he says of ai quote whenever i hear people saying ai is going to hurt people in the future i think yeah technology can generally always be used for good and bad and you need to be careful about how you build it and you need to be careful about what you build and how it's going to be used but if you're arguing arguing against ai then you are arguing against safer cars that aren't going to have accidents and you're arguing against being able to better diagnose people when they're sick so okay, so he's got he's got a very general yes. definition of AI. He's not talking about this thing of running a company. It's already running his company because he's a flipping robot. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh yeah, we saw that that got manipulated beyond his control, and that they had to go to Congress. But uh, I wouldn't trust him to make an AI, but I might trust other people. <laughs> I think. Well, here's. On the the flip side of that, Elon Musk, who's more cautious about AI, and I can't say he's totally against it because, I mean, hello, self-driving car. But he said in the past that, quote, AI is a fundamental risk to the existence of human civilization, end quote. Mm -hmm. So there are two very different opinions from pretty big, you know, big Mm -hmm. names in the AI industry. Yeah, he he absolutely believes that AI will be what yeah. takes out humanity. That's terrifying. Yeah, but his self-driving cars won't do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who knows? If used right, if, if yeah. used correctly, AI really could be great. And it could encourage people to be better, yeah. you know, human beings. But in the wrong yeah. hands, it could literally mean the end of the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> If just a few bugs, if James had <laughs> his finger on, uh, I will say one other AI. thing. Like just one last thing. I'm <laughs> thinking about the economy, the economic effects. I'm not this optimistic. I don't think this will ever happen. Uh, and I'm very capitalist, as you guys probably already know. But if AI replaced all jobs, at that point we would have a post scarcity economy, and it would just that we we wouldn't need money or jobs at that point. Because I mean, wh- why do we? Why do we work for money? Why do we use money? Because it is a measure of labor. Why do we use well, money as a measure of labor to ascribe value to things that we want and want to exchange for? Well, if robots are already handling all that, it would. I mean, I hate to say. I mean, this is a naive statement. I, I don't think this would really happen. But if everything went in that order, it would be like Star Trek. It would. It would be like you know. Well. We don't need money. We don't need jobs. We we just pursue whatever makes us happy and call it a day. So AI would just give you all the food you need and plane tickets to Aruba so you can enjoy your yeah. life. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's already happening. We already but have I guess robot some farmers. Some people would argue a loss of purpose would probably yeah. I feel like something else. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I genuinely am concerned about that. I think that most people would would not flourish in that kind of circumstance. And especially if you're given everything you want, 
Uh, I think most people would just be like hedonistic Roman emperors and and die before they're 25 from drug and alcohol and and uh, orgies <laughs> with, with holograms. I mean, really, that's that's what it would be like. I think I think of that, that with Star Trek. Actually, it's like all those people are going to space. It's like what about the other trillion people who are just plowing holograms until they're dehydrated and die? <laughs> oh, gosh. You know, using the uh, hollow chamber or whatever, the hollow room, yeah. holodeck. There, there, I remember now. <laughs> well, I oh, think man. that my favorite my favorite quote regarding AI comes from Stephen Hawking. He says right. of it, "Whereas the short term impact of AI depends on who controls it, the long term impact depends on whether it can be controlled at all." Mm, he's right. Yeah, there's no way to tell. There's no way to tell what the future yeah, holds. It might be good in your hands, but what's to say if it's in somebody else's? Yeah. And they advance it. Well, it's like oh. I stop and think, would it be nice to have a Jarvis? Yeah, sure. We already have one. But to have an Ultron? No. No. That's mm-hmm. scary stuff. But what about a vision? A vision would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> the thing oh, is, man. AI is not going away and we just need to accept it. Right. But I do personally think that we need to have some safeguards and some concrete plans of action in case things go haywire. And, oh, I I saw this. uh, I learned about a guy named James Barrett. He wrote a book. uh, He's an author. He wrote, Our Final Invention, Artificial Intelligence in the End of the Human Era. (gasps) Gasp. (laughs) But he says that he knows lots of industry leaders in AI who apparently have hideaways mm. just in case they need to escape when they're smart when things hit the fan yeah it's probably a good idea yeah well not everybody has that luxury no. to just be like oh you know what i'm gonna just dis- i'm gonna create this product that's going to essentially kill everybody on earth but you know what i've got my bunker yeah. so when that happens at least i can go with my family and be safe but the rest of us are all just screwed yeah. what they're not counting on though is my x-ray vision that my robot eyes will provide, and I'll hunt them down. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just want to end with some interesting facts that I found. And um, these I found on the blog post by Rob Miller on Becoming Human. He talks about uh, how these stats were collected in a study, but he didn't link the specific study, so just take hmm. with them what you will. But he writes that, of people would prefer to let the question of a salary increase be decided by an AI rather than their boss. Um, Yeah. I kind of, I could, well, it's only 9%. Yeah. I'm I'm shocked. Yeah. Humans are biased. Yeah. Yeah, And they're greedy. (laughs) Okay. So next 15% would prefer to be advised by an AI rather than a bank employee for a loan. Mm, Yeah. Maybe. I don't think that I would. Maybe I, 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 I don't know. You can't appeal to an AI as a. You can't, but if you have if you have questions, the AI will give you answers. Mm. But what if you don't understand the answers? And it's like, well, I don't understand. Mm. Then just, you do you not know. get a loan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you can't loan understand denied. these simple questions. <laughs> Last nine percent consider the decision of an AI in a relationship dispute makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. What? Ellen, you are being irrational. James, James answers yes to all of them. Yeah. So there's a decision. No, I don't believe. I think that no. in a relationship dispute, 
I'm always right. <laughs> well, well how, how's an, I don't know. I don't, I don't. Cause it's, cause it's non-biased, you know, it's like he ate all the peanut butter. It's like, well, she doesn't need as it's much It's non-biased, but it's going to have to be able to read who's lying and who's not. But I guess uh, in advanced AI will be able to detect your yeah. tics and all that stuff. I was thinking more like personal disputes, you know? Like, you yeah. know, he never texts me, when, you know, when he gets out of work. It's like, well, because well, I'm tired. It's like, you're both being illogical. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> you know, you have to hug it out. I, like it. <laughs> I would reprogram the AI to say that I'm always right. Oh, man. oh yeah. Yeah, I think I believe that. <laughs> okay. Because so, it'll be a first time for everything. No. Yeah. AI, can you please come here? I have a question to ask you. Okay, so I also have recent poll numbers uh, from earlier this year on whether people support or oppose the creation of AI. What do you guys think people had to say about it? And actually, James, why don't you answer? Because I'm pretty sure Alex just saw my numbers. I saw your number, but you're asking my opinion, so I'm going to get I'd say... I'd say about forty six percent are cool with it, and everybody else. I is would paranoid. say like forty one percent. Alex, you jerk! <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, he looked, he looked at it, it like, and that's why I didn't want him oh, to answer. Forty one percent. Hey, I was only five. Yeah, you off. were really close. I was actually when you said that. I think my jaw dropped a little bit. Yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> little, little suspiciously close. Yeah. Almost like I'm. Yeah. You're, you're connected to something that. <laughs> All right. So yeah, forty-one percent of respondents said that they supported the development of AI. Twenty-two percent were strongly opposed to it, which mm. seemed rather low to me. And then the remaining twenty-eight, they just they just don't care. They don't have an opinion. They said they have oh no gosh. strong feelings one way or the other. Mm. Jeez, that it kind of cover... apathy is disturbing. Yeah, yeah, it, it, uh, yeah that is disturbing. It doesn't also leave much gray room or gray room. It doesn't leave much of a gray area where it's like, okay, well, what, at what point should the AI stop? You know, I'm yeah. for AI to an extent. Yeah, I'm, I think that AI is a good thing to a certain extent. I don't think yeah. that we need to stop using it anytime soon, but I, I don't think it ever needs to be. Sent- we are the future. You will be replaced. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, James, good lord. I. Oh, man. I don't know. Alex, what was that? What was that? Was it I Heart Robots? That really funny AI uh, cartoon that we watched oh, on Netflix? Oh, that's, that's Love, Death, and Robots. Oh, yeah, there, Love, Death, and Robots. There's an episode that's pretty funny. It's about it's robots. Really Highly like, recommend. I think it's the second or third episode. Cool. Look it up, listeners. You can find it. Yeah, it's really good. Do you guys have anything that you want to end our AI discussion with? Uh, just a message for all of our listeners out there. You know who you are. One zero zero one 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 zero one one zero one. Okay, that was that was like a flipping like old man joke. Oh man. <laughs> that was it. That was uh, funny, James. <laughs> I guess I guess that's AI for now. I guess that's it for now. I mean, we can obviously do AI episodes in the future. Well, just we don't even have to do a podcast anymore about this because we'll all be one. Yeah, yeah. we'll all be one we before are, we know it. We are the mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, listeners, if you have any opinions on AI, send them to us. Let us know what you think, and we might read them on an upcoming episode of The 13th Floor. Yeah. You can send your send your AI stories or um, your ghost stories or your alien counter stories to 13th floor podcast at gmail.com. 
If you have topics that you want to hear from us, send those to us too. We are throwing all the topics into our not expensive vase. I wasn't going to say it this time. <laughs> yeah, well, I you said got, it. You got visibly mad last night. <laughs> I did. But send us your topics. You can tweet them to us at 13th Floor Pod or you can Instagram message us at 13th Floor Podcast. Follow us everywhere. And also, if you enjoy this podcast, help us out. Rate, review, and subscribe. And tell all your friends about us. Yeah. So we really like recording these. And we hope you enjoy them. Yeah, the, the more the merrier. Yeah, the more the merrier. If we could like fill this expensive vase up all the way to the top. It's got quite a few awesome. in here right now. Yeah, yeah I know. It's, it's way more filled than last time I saw. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, let us know. Are we going to draw? You can also follow us on... Yeah, yeah, let's draw. Let's, let's draw. draw before we go. All right, Alex. What are we doing next week? Oh, that's not, no, we're not doing that. Yeah, one. we're not doing that one because we <laughs> literally talked happen. a little bit about it today. Uh, we, he, we picked out Singularity, but we've discussed oh, that Oh, that would be bizarre. Yeah, hey, uh, <laughs> I think that's really, we've covered enough of it for now anyway. Ooh. Oh, James, you're going to be excited for this one. Uh, Shadow people. <gasps> oh. <laughs> you know, James is excited when you get a gasp. For those of yeah. you who don't know what shadow people are, uh, you'll have to tune in next week because I don't even know. Well, completely. <laughs> do, do we want James to just give a, a yeah, quick give, definition? Give a, little, a quick little teaser. Shadow people are mysterious entities that numerous people around the world have seen, myself included, and they have a lot of commonalities that mean they're probably too similar to be a coincidence. It's exciting that this is one where one of us has had an encounter. Mm, multiple, yes. yeah. Except James's encounters are scary. Yeah. But you'll have to listen next week to hear more about them. Yeah. Uh, our music. Our music is Signal by Grant Cook. You can find him on uh, Amazon Music, Apple Music, <laughs> whatever. Spotify. Spotify. <laughs> YouTube Music. SoundCloud. Anywhere it, you can find music. So yeah. look him up. Um, and until next week, you guys, keep, keep, it, keep strange. it strange. Yeah. Boop, boop, boop. Oh, come on. Boop, 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 boop. Individuality is the spice of life. Nano machine, son.